From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Questions this morning over Russia's promise to scale back military operations. The January 6th committee discovers big gaps in former President Trump's phone logs. U.S. futures slump after four straight days of games. And hackers pull off one of the biggest crypto heists ever. Three Buffalo police officers were shot. Plus, the White House won't block President Trump's daughter and son-in-law from testifying before a House committee. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshaw in sports. Kevin Durant led the Nets to victory over the Pistons. Chris Kreider and the Rangers with a road win at Pittsburgh. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. futures are lower this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 17 points. Dow futures down 107, and NASDAQ futures down 72. The 10-year Treasury is up 232 seconds, yield 2.38%. Yield on the two-year, 2.30%. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.4%, up $2.52 at $106. $1.74 a barrel. The euro, 1.1153 against the dollar. Nathan. Well, Karen, we'll have more on markets in a minute. But first, let's get to the latest on the war in Ukraine. Russia is promising to scale back military operations near the capital city of Kiev and the city of Chernihiv. But there are still reports of shelling near both cities. President Biden was asked whether he thinks the war is ending or if Russia is just buying time. We'll see. I don't read anything into it until I see what their actions are. We'll see if they follow through on what they're suggesting. President Biden spoke at a news conference with the Prime Minister of Singapore. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky also has his doubts. We can say that the signals we hear from the talks are positive, but these signals can't silence the explosions of Russian shells. President Zelensky says there are grounds not to trust Russia. A regional governor says the city of Chernihiv was shelled all night despite Russia's promises. And the United Nations now says more than four million refugees have fled Ukraine. Well, back in the U.S., Nathan, new revelations tied to last year's attack on the Capitol. There are more than seven hours of gaps in White House telephone logs from the afternoon of January 6th. And those gaps coincide with the same time protesters swarm the U.S. Capitol. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. 
The committee investigating the insurrection found a big gap from a little after 11 a.m. to about 7 p.m. in the logs provided by the National Archives. But there is evidence that the president did talk with people inside the Capitol that day, including Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, and Mike Pence, calls that don't show up on the White House logs. Now the committee is trying to determine if the president bypassed the White House system by using a burner phone or his aides' cell phones. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Amy, thank you. Let's take a look at markets now, beginning with Treasuries. The 10-year yield briefly dropped below its two-year equivalent yesterday for the first time since 2019. That inversion is leading to growing calls about the likelihood of a recession in the U.S., but Aaron Brown at PIMCO says those concerns may be premature. It has been a good you know, predictor in the past that recession is coming, but I don't think that really tells you anything new. We knew that we were a late cycle, and typically the yield curve inverts, and then it takes anywhere from 18 to 24 months to actually move into a recession. So we're still quite a ways out until potentially we're going to enter into a recession. PIMCO Fund Manager Aaron Brown says it is more critical to look at why the yield curve is inverting. Meantime, all eyes are on the Fed. We will hear more from the central bank later today. Tune in for an exclusive interview with Richmond Fed President Tom Barkin. That's coming up at 1030 a.m. Wall Street time today on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Nathan, when it comes to stocks, we're coming off four straight days of gains. The S&P 500 closed above the 4,600 level for the first time since mid-January. Right now, it's down just 3% from an all-time high. Luca Paolini is chief strategist at Pick 10 Asset Management. The markets were significantly oversold for a number of reasons. Of course, the war in Ukraine, the Federal Reserve, weaker data. And now everything seems to be not as bad as we thought it was. And so I think that there is this kind of... Uh, sort of really friendly. Luca Paolini at Pick 10 Asset Management says despite the rally, he remains cautious. And Bank of America is also staying cautious. Karen, its analysts warn an 11% surge in stocks over the past two weeks has the hallmarks of a bear market rally, and it might give way to deeper losses. We get the details from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Those analysts say warning signs are flashing for a market that has climbed despite clearly weaker fundamentals, including a Federal Reserve bent on raising rates sharply this year to battle persistent inflation. The strategists caution that the sell-off that took the S&P 500 12% from its January record is not over, and sharp rallies are typical of volatility in bear markets, with some of the biggest on record occurring in the throes of the dot-com meltdown and the global financial crisis. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Well, let's look at some stocks that are moving. Shares of Lululemon rose more than 8% in late trading. The athletic wear retailer delivered a sales forecast that beat estimates. Micron shares are up more than 4.5%. The largest U.S. memory chip maker gave an upbeat forecast, a sign that demand remains strong from data center customers. And on the flip side, shares of Chewy are down 13.5%. The online retailer of pet care products put out a forecast that fell short of estimates. Now, we're also keeping an eye on cryptocurrencies this morning. Karen, after what is being called one of the biggest crypto attacks ever. And it wasn't discovered for almost a week. 
Let's get the details live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Hackers stole about $600 million from a blockchain network connected to the popular Axie Infinity online game. They drained what's known as the Ronin Bridge of close to 174,000 Ether and almost 30 million USDC tokens. The so-called bridge lets people convert tokens into ones that can be used on another network. The blockchain that supports Axie Infinity says the breach happened on March 23rd third but was just discovered yesterday this attack is the latest to show how bridge hacks can threaten the ecosystem of decentralized apps live in new york i'm renita young bloomberg daybreak all right renita thank you again futures lower this morning straight ahead your latest local headlines plus a check of sports and this is bloomberg Thanks, Karen. It's 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 30 degrees in Central Park. Big problems on southbound Route 1 and 9. It is closed for an accident investigation at Woodlawn Avenue. We'll get the details in traffic. First, Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. It was a wild scene up in Buffalo. Three police officers were hit by gunfire after a motorist fled a traffic stop and led them on a chase through the city streets. The suspected gunman was firing at officers from the vehicle. Authorities say officers shot and wounded the driver at an intersection in front of a police station. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. A very, very dangerous situation, and we are very thankful uh, that two suspects involved in this situation are in police custody. Mayor Brown says the officers' injuries were not life-threatening and no civilians on the street were hit by the flying bullets. The White House would not block former President Donald Trump's daughter and son-in-law, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, from testifying to the House committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. White House spokeswoman Kate Bedenfield says the constitutional protections of executive privilege should not be used to shield from Congress or the public information about an attack on the Constitution itself. Kushner is expected to appear voluntarily before the committee this week. A team of U.S. airplane accident investigators and technical experts could head to China as soon as this week to help unravel the mysterious crash of a Boeing 737 jet earlier this month. All 132 people on board the China Eastern jet were killed. President Joe Biden signed a law making lynching a federal hate crime. The president said racial hate isn't an old problem, it's a persistent one. Hate never goes away. It only hides. It hides under the rocks. Given just a little bit of oxygen, it comes roaring back out, screaming. President Biden, an American astronaut who spent nearly a year on the International Space Station, is coming back to a world that has seen some dramatic changes. Mark Vandehei will be returning to Earth, and for a time it wasn't clear that the Russians would give him a ride home because of the war in Ukraine. Before departing, the ISS, Russian cosmonaut Anta Skarpalov, talked about continued cooperation in space. People uh, have problem on Earth, on orbit. Uh, we are like uh, we are not like we are one crew. Skarpalov and Vandehei are due to land in Kazakhstan this morning. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael.
Just about 5.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. Regular seasons winding down. Playoff positions being jockeyed for. Rangers would love to have home ice advantage in the first round. They've only lost six regulation home games all season. They're battling with Pittsburgh, and they beat the Penguins 3-2 to to move one point ahead. Frank Petrano and Braden Schneider scored second period. Chris Kreider early in the third, 45th goal of the season for Kreider. Islanders won 4-3 at Columbus. The Nets... Had to come from behind in Brooklyn. They beat Detroit 130-123. to 123. Kevin Durant scored 41 points. At the Garden, NIT semifinal wins for Xavier and Texas A&M. They'll play tomorrow for the championship. Could be the last NIT game in New York, at least for a while. Until last year, the tournament always ended at MSG. Now they're going to move it to other cities. In Florida, 10-0 win for the Mets over the Marlins. Another home run for Francisco Lindor. Disappointment in his first season as the Mets. He's hit four home runs in 20 spring training at-bats. Yankees. 14-2 over the Phillies. Fourth homer for Kyle Lagashioka. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell met the media at the owners' meetings in Palm Beach. Asked about the league possibly suspending quarterback Deshaun Watson, who's still facing 22 civil lawsuits for sexual misconduct. Our people are working on it. Obviously, you know, these are serious charges, so we're, we're looking at this seriously. Um, we uh, now have, obviously, at least resolution from the criminal side of it. Um, obviously, there's still civil charges that are going on. So our investigators hopefully will have access to more information. Watson was recently traded to Cleveland where he got a massive new contract. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. S&P futures now down 15 points. South futures down 100. NASDAQ futures lower by 71 points. Ten-year treasury yield 2.38%. The two-year at 2.30. A spread of seven basis points. This is Bloomberg Bloomberg 11.30 weather. Cloudy today. Showers possible this afternoon. A high near 50 degrees. We could get up near 70 tomorrow with more afternoon showers. Upper 50s, partly sunny and breezy by Friday. Right now, 30 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are falling and energy prices are rising as optimism about a de-escalation of the war in Ukraine fades. Europe stock 600 snapping a three-day winning streak after surging to the highest level in five weeks yesterday. U.S. stock index futures are slipping amid warnings that gains of the past two weeks have the hallmarks of a bear market rally. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 14 points. Dow futures down 89. NASDAQ futures down 65. The DAX in Germany is down 1.3 percent. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd. Yield 2.39 percent. Yield on the two-year 2.31 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.7 percent, up $2.82 at $107.06 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 3 tenths percent or $6.10 at 1924. 20 an ounce. The euro 1.1158 against the dollar. British pound 1.3145. The yen at 121.68. And Bitcoin this morning is down about a third of a percent at $47,310. And confidence in the euro area economy fell to the weakest level in a year as Russia's invasion of Ukraine fanned fears of rising prices. A sentiment gauge by the European Commission declined to 108.5 in March from 114.1 the previous month. And inflation expectations jumped to the highest since records began in 1985. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen.
Russia's pledge to scale back some military operations in Ukraine is drawing skepticism. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said there was no reason to believe Russia's announcement that it would reduce military activity near the capital of Kiev, given what's happening on the ground. Thousands have died, and the U.N. Refugee Agency says more than 4 million Ukrainians have fled the country. A green light has been given to a second booster shot of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines for Americans over 50 and the immune compromised. The decision comes as there's concern over a new COVID-19 variant. In the NBA, the Nets won, the Wizards lost. In the NHL, the Rangers and Islanders won, the Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. Just about 520 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. And Mark Champion is back with us this morning, Bloomberg News Senior Reporter for International Affairs, as we follow the latest on the war in Ukraine. Mark, good morning. As you know, there was a lot of uh, market optimism yesterday when Russian negotiators said that they would scale back military operations near two key cities in Ukraine. But it seems like the reaction from uh, just about everyone around the world is we'll believe it when we see it. What are we seeing at this point? Uh, well, there was fighting as usual overnight uh, with uh, shelling in different areas around Kiev and around Chernihiv, which is the other city that uh, the Russians said they were going to pull back from. So not much sign of any change overnight. That wouldn't necessarily mean that the Russians aren't going to do what they said. But more broadly, uh, we know for already about two weeks now, the Russians have been uh, uh, digging in around Kiev uh, and around Chernihiv into a, a kind of uh, more defensive positions. Um, and that is likely to continue. They've been moving uh, units uh, over into Belarus, either to regroup or to replenish uh, losses. Uh, and the, the question really is, uh, you know, at the same time, the Russians have said that they are going to refocus their efforts on the east in the Donbass region around Mariupol, which is under siege. Um, and they've been doing that. And the question is whether any units that are retreat um, uh, out of uh, the, the northern areas, whether those are then sent around to the other side of the country in the east. So is there any reason then to believe that when Russia says that it's going to scale back, that that could be a first step toward ending this war? I think the sense is that Russia's it's been very difficult to believe what Russia's said up to this point, even before the invasion, when they said that they weren't going to invade. And and here we are. Uh, that's absolutely right. Uh, the Russian defense uh, deputy defense minister who made the announcement, he said this was about building trust. Um, that's going to be very hard to do, and it will have to be uh, uh, trust but verify, as Ronald Reagan used to say. Um, and that is not uh, clear yet. Uh, and un unfortunately, because the Russians have at the same time said that they have uh, new goals in terms of just where they're going to focus their effort. Um, there's there's a lot of skepticism, and, and rightly so. Do we have a sense, though, from the Ukrainian side, what it would take for them to trust Russia, what they would need to see on the Russian side? Well, essentially, they, they need to see a ceasefire. They need to see uh, an agreement that Russian troops will leave, uh, basically going back to the uh, position where we were before the war started on February the 23rd. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there's no sign that the Russians are willing to do that. Uh, their uh, goals, uh, their stated goals and uh, are considerably larger. Um, and if they were to agree to do so, uh, it would be essentially it would amount to a defeat, which uh, President Vladimir Putin is, is highly unlikely to acknowledge. So um, there is a, still a pretty big divide to to cross. Um, there, these things get sequenced. So it, it, what the Ukrainians are trying to do is to build some kind of ceasefire humanitarian corridors now and then try and leave the really difficult issues for a bit later. But it's it's very hard to organize that because some each side has to give up some of the leverage that they have, uh, you know, in order to, uh, to to do one thing without doing the other. So um, that's what we saw yesterday in Istanbul, where uh, initially there had been hopes there might be a limited ceasefire, and it was was not realized. We only have about 30 seconds left here, Mark, but we heard from the UN this morning that now more than 4 million refugees have fled Ukraine. Is Europe able to handle that kind of flow? Well, it, you know, we know from the past that it's, it's extremely politically difficult. Um, and at the moment, economically, Europe is, you know, in a difficult place. Uh, but yes, this is a, a block of some 500 million people. Um, they can absorb it. It's just going to be hard. Thanks for this. As always, Mark Champion is with us this morning. Mark Champion is senior reporter for international affairs for Bloomberg News. Checking the markets this morning ahead of the Wednesday morning open. Futures are pulling back with S&P futures now down 11 points. Dow futures down 72. NASDAQ futures down 59 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 230 seconds. The yield 2.40 percent. Yield on the two-year right now 2.31 percent after the brief inversion for the two's tens curve yesterday. NYMEX crude up Two and a half percent or two dollars fifty seven cents at one hundred six dollars eighty one cents a barrel. Just ahead, more on the trust but verify stance uh, when it comes to Russia and a seven and a half hour, seven and a half hour gap in White House phone logs. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, cloudy today, showers possible this afternoon, upper 40s for highs. We'll get near 70 tomorrow with more afternoon showers possible. It'll be partly sunny, breezy, and upper 50s by Friday. Right now, 30 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991 to Boston, Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960 to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. Russia is promising to cut back military operations near two key cities in Ukraine, including the capital, Kiev. The pledge comes after the latest round of negotiations. But the U.S. and NATO have their doubts. We're still seeing fighting to the north and west of Kiev. And here's Pentagon spokesman John Kirby. We're not prepared to call this a retreat or even a withdrawal. We think that that what they probably have in mind is a repositioning to prioritize elsewhere. John Kirby at the Pentagon says airstrikes on Kiev are still happening, so the threat hasn't radically diminished. Meantime, in Ukraine, Karen, President Volodymyr Zelensky also has his doubts. We are seeing all of the risks. Of course, we are not seeing grounds to trust the words coming from representatives of the country that continues fighting to destroy us. 
President Zelensky says there are grounds not to trust Russia, and a regional governor near, uh, says the city of Chernihiv was shelled all night despite Russia's promises. The U.N. says more than 4 million refugees have now fled Ukraine. That's nearly 10 percent of the population. Well, Nathan, back here in the U.S., we have new revelations tied to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The House Committee investigating the insurrection has questions about former President Trump's calls that day. They've uncovered a seven-hour gap in the president's phone logs. The gap covers a period when lawmakers were trying to get him to stop the mob. Crypto's in focus this morning as well, Karen, after what's being called one of the biggest cryptocurrency attacks ever. And it wasn't discovered for almost a week. Let's get the details live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Hackers stole about $600 million from a blockchain network connected to the popular Axie Infinity online game. They drained what's known as the Ronin Bridge of close to 174,000 Ether and almost 30 million USDC tokens. The so-called bridge lets people convert tokens into ones that can be used on another network. The blockchain that supports Axie Infinity says the breach happened on March 23rd, but was just discovered yesterday. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Renita, thank you. And turning to the stock market now, futures are lower after four straight days of gains. Oil is rising as optimism about a de-escalation of the war in Ukraine fades. And checking crude right now, NYMEX crude oil is up two and a quarter percent, up two dollars thirty-four cents at one hundred six dollars fifty-five cents a barrel. Brent is up two percent; it's at one hundred twelve dollars forty-five cents. And again, S and P futures are down thirteen points. Dow futures down eighty. Nasdaq futures down sixty-five. Straight ahead, your latest. Local headlines plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. It's 533 on Wall Street, 30 degrees in Central Park, and there's an accident on the upper level of the Verrazano Bridge. Tales coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. Three police officers are wounded in Buffalo after someone fled a traffic stop and led officers on a long chase through the city and shot at them. Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Grimaglia. One of the police vehicles being shot at, an officer was struck, um, was hit through uh, the police vehicle windshield, was struck multiple times. Um, Pursuit continued on with the suspect vehicle continuing to shoot. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown says two suspects are in custody. This was a very brazen situation with a suspect shooting uh, from a vehicle at police officers. Mayor Brown says the wild chase ended at an intersection in front of a police station where officers shot and wounded the driver. The White House says it will not block former President Donald Trump's daughter and son-in-law, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, from testifying to the House Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. White House spokesperson Kate Bedenfield says the constitutional protections of executive privilege should not be used to shield from Congress or the public information about an attack on the Constitution itself. Kushner will reportedly appear voluntarily before the committee this week. ABC is also reporting Ivanka Trump is in talks with the panel over delivering testimony. President Biden signed into law the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, which makes lynching a federal hate crime. During remarks at the bill signing ceremony at the White House Rose Garden, the president said hate never goes away. It just hides. Racial hate isn't an old problem. It's a persistent problem. Till, who was 14 years old from Chicago, was lynched while on a trip to Mississippi in 1955. 
Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael. Thank you. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashar. Thanks, Nathan. Only three Rangers have scored 50 goals in the season. Vic Hadfield, 1972. Adam Grays in the Stanley Cup winning 1994 season. And Yarmir Yager, 2006. He's got the club record of 54. Chris Kreider scored last night. He's got 45 goals. There are still 15 games left. Big win for the Blue Shirts. 3-2 in Pittsburgh. They move ahead of the Penguins into second place in the division. The Islanders won 4-3 at Columbus. The Nets' first home win that included Kyrie Irving. They came from behind. Beat Detroit 130-123. to Kevin Durant scored 41 points. I know their record is good, but they still got pros over there. And tonight they made shots. You know, they started off the game making six threes in the first quarter. They give you a lot of confidence as a team, you know. So we had to, uh, and it's good for us to go through periods like that because it's going to be times in the playoffs where teams get hot unexpectedly and see how we weather this morning. Looks like the Nets will be in the play-in for the right to be in the playoffs. Knicks tonight host Charlotte. Knicks going for a fifth straight win at the Garden. NIT semifinal win for Texas A&M and Xavier, who fired its coach during the NIT. Two teams will play tomorrow for the championship. The NFL, in an effort to downplay the importance of winning the coin flip that starts overtime, changing its overtime rules, at least for the playoffs, no longer will a touchdown win you the game. Both teams will now be assured of a possession. Safety, Jabril Peppers leaving the Giants. He signed with the Patriots. He's coming off a torn ACL. Will Tiger Woods play the upcoming Masters 14 months after the car accident? Tiger has played an 18-hole practice round at Augusta National with Justin Thomas and Tiger's son. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. We're coming up to 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. A new lease at Lower Manhattan's One World Trade Center bumped occupancy up to 95%. Existing tenant, German data processing firm Salonis, expanded its space at the tower, taking the entire 70th floor, according to Landlord's Durst Organization and the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Sotheby's is accused of resisting the New York Attorney General's efforts to see sales records for some of the auction house's biggest clients. The claim stems from a 2020 lawsuit. New York Attorney General Letitia James accused Sotheby's of helping a wealthy shipping executive avoid paying taxes on artwork he purchased. New York State residents could be getting a $250 check to help pay for increasing prices at the gas pump. Senator Elijah Reichlin has proposed giving the money to current state residents who have registered a vehicle in New York State over the past two years. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. Just about 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. Steve Potisk, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about surging prices for the incredible edible eggs. I'm Joan Doniger telling KYW listeners in Philadelphia about Philly Fed President Patrick Parker's golf advice. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that Boeing is facing a lawsuit accusing it of misleading a subcontractor to win a contract for customized plane interiors. I'm Caroline Hetk on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on a major power failure in East London, which means Citigroup workers are staying home. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting General Motors is speeding up Hummer EV production after getting more than 65,000 residents. 
Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. The International Criminal Court is investigating potential war crimes committed during Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But even if the court amasses proof of atrocities, high-ranking Russian officials won't face prosecution anytime soon. That's because Russia, like the U.S., does not accept the court's jurisdiction over its citizens. Even so, an impartial war crimes inquiry has value, collecting evidence that Russia knowingly targeted civilians would counter President Vladimir Putin's attempts to cast the war as a legitimate military operation. It would make mid-level officials think twice about carrying out criminal orders. And it would demonstrate the world's commitment to defending human rights and the rule of law. Russia's aggression in Ukraine has shocked the international community. Imposing accountability for such appalling acts is the first step toward ensuring they are not repeated. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can always read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures are down 13 points. Dow futures down 90. NASDAQ futures lower by 62 points. The 10-year Treasury yield 2.39%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Clouds today. Showers possible this afternoon with a high near 50. More afternoon showers and a high close to 70 tomorrow. We'll turn partly sunny, breezy, and cooler Friday. Highs near 60. Right now, 30. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are falling, energy prices rising as skepticism about Russia's promise to de-escalate the war in Ukraine renews concerns about higher raw material prices and commodity disruption. U.S. stock index futures are slipping. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 12 points. Dow futures down 78. NASDAQ futures down 58. The DAX in Germany is down 1.2%. The 10-year Treasury at little change yield 2.39%. Yield on the two-year, 2.31%. NYMEX crude oil is up 2% or $2.13 at $106.38 a barrel. COMEX gold up 3 tenths percent or $6.19.23.90 an ounce. The euro, 1.1148 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3147. The yen is at 121.87. And Bitcoin this morning... Down about half percent at $47,270. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. As you mentioned, despite a pledge from Russia to scale back some military operations in Ukraine, the war rages on just outside of Kiev. Meanwhile, negotiators from Ukraine and Russia are scheduled to meet again today, which could possibly lead to a framework for ending the 35-day war. The southern U.S. is facing another powerful storm system expected to impact areas still recovering from destructive weather last week. Forecasters say it involves damaging winds for hundreds of miles as it moves from west to east 
and then the potential for destructive tornadoes. In the NBA, the Nets won, the Wizards lost. In the NHL, the Rangers and Islanders won, the Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It's just about 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's continue our coverage of the war in Ukraine now from a Washington perspective. For that, we're joined live from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in the nation's capital by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Emily, good morning. Of course, we heard in the report from uh, Michael Barr there that despite Russia's claims that it's going to pull back from two key cities, that fighting continues. So how is the U.S. responding to Russia's claims? Well, the mood in Washington, it's really wait and see right now, Nathan. I mean, President Joe Biden said yesterday that he doesn't read anything into uh, Russia saying that it's going to de-escalate. Uh, after a call with European leaders, Biden said there was consensus all of among them to sort of wait and see what Russia winds up doing. Uh, at this point, I mean, we're talking about de-escalation. We're not talking about a ceasefire. We're not talking about a complete withdrawal. Uh, we're talking about potentially uh, less uh, attacks and uh, attacking around the the capital city of Kiev, uh, but some experts say that that could just mean that Russia's regrouping and that they're trying to really focus their efforts in the Donbas region. I mean, we heard very strong rhetoric yesterday from the Pentagon. Spokesman John Kirby told reporters that nobody should be fooling themselves by the Kremlin's claim they will claim they will reduce attacks. Uh, he said it was a repositioning, not a will withdraw. And uh, the spokesman Kirby also said that the threat to Kiev has not been radically diminished. So lots of concern still here in Washington. Obviously, we'll be keeping a close eye on the continued talks today and, and just an eye on the Russian military to see where things are standing at this point. But as you noted, yes, the shelling has continued. The attacks have continued. Uh, it's it, Definitely, the war is still very much continuing. Yeah, that's certainly what we're hearing from Ukrainian officials, for sure. And while there is this talk of de-escalation from Russia, we're hearing talk of escalation from the U.S. when it comes to aid to Ukraine. What is this, about a half billion dollars that the Biden administration is thinking of adding on to what it's given to Ukraine? Yes, that is something that the Biden administration is considering. And now normally a request like that for funding does need to originate in Congress. So we'll be keep keeping a close eye to see uh, if President Biden comes to Congress with that request. Uh, based on lawmakers who I spoke with after uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky spoke with lawmakers the other week, uh, even among Republicans, there was just a high willingness to go ahead and provide a provide whatever type of aid is needed. So that's definitely one aspect to keep an eye on it and really kind of signals that the Biden administration does not see this conflict as ending soon. Uh, lawmakers in both the House and the Senate will uh, get a classified briefing today from members of the State Department, the Defense Department and the Joint Chief of Staff on the status of the war. Yeah, so we'll uh, continue to follow that, certainly, uh, see if lawmakers come out with any comments following those briefings later on this afternoon. Uh, what about the legislation that had been uh, considered to remove Russia's normal trade status? Where's that gone? 
So that has wound up stalled in the Senate due to Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul. Uh, He's concerned over this one section in the bill that deals with sanctions on human rights abuses. Senator Paul says the legislation really needs to get specific on which type of abuses would trigger action, that it can't sort of be the broad language that's currently in there. And lawmakers are trying to negotiate with him. The concern is that even if the Senate did wind up making the changes, it just delays the process. The bill has to go back to the House. The House has to schedule a vote. The vote needs to be taken. They want this to get to Biden's desk as quickly as possible. And so they want to avoid making any additional changes to the legislation that the House passed. So um, Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, said that negotiations with Paul are ongoing. Uh, they're hoping to have some sort of breakthrough soon, uh, although certainly at, at, at a certain point here, uh, you know, this delay, it, it would be less time consuming to just pass the changes, send it back to the House and then have the House clear it and send it to President Biden. A lot of dynamics to keep on top of in Washington when it comes to the war in Ukraine. Thanks for this, Emily. Good to have you with us. That's Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins from Washington. Karen. Nathan, it is 5.53 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Federal judge in California approved an $18 million deal between Activision Blizzard and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The agreement settles sexual harassment and discrimination claims against Activision. Federal court filings in Texas indicate Toyota reached settlements with more than two dozen hybrid owners who sought to represent a class action on claims of a dangerous brake defect. McDonald's paid nearly $6.4 million to general counsel Desiree Rawls-Morrison after hiring her away from Boston Scientific last year. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching brings us to Sunday night's now infamous slap. The question now is whether Will Smith will face any consequences for slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences condemned Smith's actions and said it is starting a formal review. For more on the matter, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Rachel Fizet, managing partner at Zweibach, Fizet and Coleman, and a former lawyer for the Academy. Under California law, was the slap an assault and battery? Yes, absolutely. That was a crime. It was a misdemeanor under California law. That's an unwanted touching. It doesn't rise, I think, to the level of a felony, which is a pretty bad beating in that incident. But 100% he could have been arrested and charged with a misdemeanor for that act. The LAPD says that Chris Rock refused to file a police report. Without a police report, are they likely to go ahead with charges? They are not. Not in an incident like this where there's very little damage done at the end of the day. The police department, the DA, in this incident where it would be a misdemeanor, the city attorney would likely handle it here in Los Angeles, and they are very unlikely to proceed without the victim's cooperation. Does Will Smith's popularity and status as a megastar, will that stop the Academy from doing anything drastic, from doing anything more than a slap on the wrist? The Academy has been conservative with its approach to superstars in the past. I think because it is a body made up of writers, directors, and actors that punishing others in the industry in drastic ways is very difficult for the Academy. 
and they have to be very thoughtful about how they go about various types of consequences. So I think Will Smith, that his status will affect how this investigation and the ultimate resolution comes out. What are the possible consequences? What they could do, not that I'm saying they will do, I think it's everywhere from revoking his membership to the Academy. They could revoke his Oscar. They could ban him from attending the Oscars for one year or in perpetuity. I would think they will also look to see if they can fine him under their bylaws. So if you had to take a guess, what would you guess would be the consequences for Will Smith here? My guess is he gets to keep his Oscar. They're not going to take his Oscar away, which is a consequence they could implement. If I were guessing, they will either ban him for one year from attending the Oscars or suspend him for some three- to six-month period of time from the Academy. And that's Rachel Fazay, a managing partner at Zweibach, Fazay & Coleman, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at B-Law Go. S&P futures down 13 points this morning. Dow futures down 82. NASDAQ futures down 61. And Bloomberg Daybreak continues. This is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.